Welcome to Printing Money, the insider's perspective on finance and investment in the 3D printing industry. Here are your hosts, Alex Kingsbury and Danny Piper. Hello, this is Alex Kingsbury here with Danny Piper. We are coming to you in a very special broadcast. We already recorded episode four, and in a case of incredibly bad timing, it was just before the Stratasys uh, desktop metal uh, merger deal announcement. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, Alex. Um, wow. I think you said it right in terms of bad timing on our last podcast, but uh, talk about bad timing with a nano dimension. Uh, tender offer on the same time frame as the desktop merger announcement. So I think we're right on cue with everybody else on our bad timing. So uh, maybe we can jump into this. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is really going to be the biggest news of 2023 for 3D printing. I mean, hey, there's still quite a bit more of the year to go, so we could be surprised. Um, This particular announcement with Stratasys and Desktop Metal to combine in an all-stock deal valued at $1.8 billion is definitely something that caught a lot of people by surprise. But in many ways, it probably shouldn't be so surprising. And of course, uh, hindsight is, you know, 2020. Um, but we have been covering already on this podcast that Nano Dimension has been making takeover attempts at Stratasys. And as I think we are starting to align on this, um, these two announcements came out. Uh, the, uh, the all stock deal between Desktop Metal and Stratasys came out just at the same time that Nano Dimension has made an, yet another offer uh, to acquire a majority stake in Stratasys. Yeah, look, they're they're not coincidental. This has certainly been the saga that we've been covering with Nano Dimension and Stratasys. It's it's really been going on for what about a year now with that first uh, investment where they bought twelve percent back in what I think it was July of twenty twenty two, and then they enacted the shareholder rights plan so that uh, they would have a rights offering. That basically, by the way, goes through July 23rd of this year to sort of put some speed bumps on the Nano Dimension team. But clearly, uh, that didn't work as uh, Nano Dimensions come back with uh, another round, uh, another tender offer that came out yesterday for $18 a share, where they want to uh, you know purchase up to 55% of the company. And that's got 20-day expiration date on it, or typically that's where they are is around 20 days at our minimum. And so I think for this case, this one expires on June 26th. And I think there was you know, probably a trigger effect of you know, the, the team at Stratasys probably was aware of this or knew it was coming because I think they've been working behind the scenes with Desktop Metal, I think, um, for quite a while to come back with an alternative strategy to how to deal with the nano dimension, you know, tender offer approach that they've taken. So that's why I think these, these were architected sort of to be coupled together. So. So um, the, the idea is really for, on the side of Stratasys, because as you mentioned, um, uh, nano dimension bought a 14% uh, stake in Stratasys on the open market. And it was close to a year ago. Um, and then Stratasys put in place that poison p- pill, which we all interpreted as Stratasys isn't really pleased about this um, happening and is protecting itself against further ownership um, by Nano Dimension. Uh, so that's been going on for some time. And of course, you would imagine Stratasys being clearly very anti 
the idea that that nano dimension is going to come and um, take over has been putting in place some strategies uh, to you know how can we deal with this threat basically and what it would seem like is that one of their options is let's make an acquisition that's big enough that's going to make us big enough that we no longer uh, are a, a possible target for nano dimension or anyone else for that matter really yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly it. And in some respects, if they, if you go down that path, uh, I think you look at the options available and you can see sort of where this fits and why desktop metal was chosen. Certainly anybody looking at any of the feedback today and the things that are going on, the question is, is this the right answer for Stratasys long-term? And if Stratasys, but for the nano dimension offer, would they need to do this acquisition? They don't. They're actually on a good track right now. I think a lot of people are pleased with sort of where they sit in the market and are starting to scratch their head is, you know, is this the right answer for the current shareholders, but for the nano dimension scenario? So I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, pressure put on the management team at Stratasys to, to defend themselves and do something. So here we are with a, you know, the desktop metal. So maybe we should probably transition because we, we know that they're doing everything they can defend them, uh, themselves against a nano dimension uh, takeover tender offer. So yeah. now the question is, you know, is where do we sit with this transaction with desktop metal? So let's look at the particulars of the deal itself. It's an all stock deal, which means Basically, there's no cash involved. It's just trading shares for shares. The shareholders of Desktop Metal now become shareholders in this new combined company. It's being touted as a merger, but actually looks a lot more like an acquisition um, because the ownership structure is uh, Stratasys shareholders will own 59% of the combined company and Desktop Metal shareholders own the remaining 41%. As I said, it's valued at $1.8 billion. It's expected to close in quarter four of this year. Uh, and it values the DM shares at $1.88, $1.88 per share, um, which is a slight premium on what it was at closing, which was $1.75, um, which is a, a small premium in an all-stock deal is usually expected. Is that fair to say, Danny? Yeah, look, I, it, it is a merger. I mean, at the end of the day, rather than acquisition, I know it's a control that Stratasys will have, but that's the exchange ratio that you get when you have a bigger company that's a stronger company buying a smaller company. But they're, they're at the end of the day, all shareholders will end up, all desktop metal shareholders will become Stratasys shareholders. So I think that, that part's fine. I think if you're a desktop metal shareholder, you should look at this and say, this is probably a great outcome for you, right? I think <laughs> it, it, well, and, and I say that, I mean, the, the reality is this, I, you know, you are going to merge into a company with higher margins, uh, you know, probably the largest and best distribution in the 3D printing space that can enable and help scale sort of the, the company. So I think from a standpoint, Rick Fulop gets to be the chairman of the board. This is a good outcome for desktop metal. I mean, it, I think there's a lot of desktop metal shareholders at the moment who are absolutely screaming. Um, desktop metal shareholders too, and there's a particular cohort of them, are especially fanatic <laughs> and extremely vocal. Um, and, but I do think that that group are in a minority of overall desktop shareholders as well. I let's think you're stay right. This that. is actually a great deal for desktop metal shareholders. Yeah, let's stay on that for a second because I think I get it. I think, and to be passionate about the company, I think this this gives them the best footing they could have because the company's burning money right now, and sort of depending on where. If you looked at their last earnings report, 
best case, they have negative 25 million of EBITDA this year versus 50 million. I think most of the consensus is negative, kind of 45 to 50 million of EBITDA this year. So they're still burning money. They still looking at the estimates for next year, they're still burning money into next year. And, you know, you start getting fairly thin on cash by the time you start looking at that forecast and Rick is doing everything he can to put cost cutting measures in place. That doesn't put the right set of financial frameworks around the company to be that platform to go. If you're an evangelist and you say this is, you know, this company should be back at $35 a share. Well, the only way you're going to get there is you're going to have to reinvest into the growth and you're going to have to have market distribution. And that's what Stratasys is going to bring. I don't think you could probably set up with a better deal than what they're getting. And that, that's one side of the deal. So, you know, that's that's me putting a sort of the I, what I think is probably the right answer for desktop metal, frankly. And, and, and let's put it this way. I'm going to make something that's probably not a popular statement, but of the SPAC companies, I don't think many of them will be left in the next 24 months. And this is going to be the first of the trends. And so when you burn money and you can't turn the corner, get ready. Um, I think we said it for those as a teaser, if you listen to this one first, the end of episode four, Nano Dimension is going to have to pivot. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Mark Forge on their uh, target list. <laughs> it's actually quite funny because at the end of episode four, I mean, I was basically saying, read between the lines, Mark Forged is a prime takeover target. And I'm going on about so much about Mark Forged. And little did I know that there's this uh, desktop Stratasys deal bubbling away, you know, just about to land. So yeah, good one, Alex. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, let's well, we'll see what happens here. I, like maybe we're offering, uh, you know, Yoav at Nano Dimension a way out of the Stratasys deal if it doesn't work out, and if he wants, by the way, call us. We'll help him. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think you know I, where things are going right now. It's it's it looks like you know the ship's going to sail on the Nano Dimension offer because I think they're selling this very hard at the Stratasys level to make this deal work. And uh, now I guess we have the bigger question here. We've talked about this from the desktop metal perspective. I'd like to get your perspective on sort of the product portfolio. What, what does this look like? Because if you listen to the earnings, or not the earnings call, but their, their call today and their presentations, Stratasys and desktop metal believe there's $100 million in total synergies, $50 million in revenue synergies, and $50 million in cost synergies. So I'm going to just take a, a moment to say, I'll give them the $50 million of cost synergies between getting rid of a second public company, getting rid of some of the additional things in there. Let's just say some rounding on that one. We don't even have to debate the cost side of it too much. On the revenue side, though, look at the product portfolios. What do you see? How do you see the, you know, the over under on the integration there of the mix of desktop metal product lines versus the Stratasys product lines? Yeah. So, I mean, Stratasys has, is a polymer company. And they made a foray into metal. I think it, I don't think anyone barely remembers it, um, but it was back in sort of 2019, and they had a sort of a pretty unique take. Um, and that's my polite way of saying a, a very strange metal system um, that they developed internally. But it was announced and then pretty much just it, it, it evaporated. Um, and I, I was always completely curious about it. Um, I didn't really think it was um, worthwhile. And actually on the conference call just today, Yoav did say uh, our, our metal solution was not differentiated enough um, and he was very much at pains to express how much the desktop metal uh, metal offering was suitably differentiated. And so it does mean that Stratasys now becomes a metal offering company. 
Um, and and I think that that's a great, great move. One of the other things that um, was touted was the move into end-use parts. So currently Stratasys and their portfolio um, of, so they have, you know, printers, but the products being produced on these printers primarily are not going into end-use part applications. And whereas desktop metal, if you look at the presentation, was 100% end-use parts. And so, so the combined company was then supposed to be um, or, or projected to be 50% end-use parts, I believe it was. Um, so strategically, that's the move towards an end-use part, parts uh, business model. Um, and that's where they believe a lot of that growth is going to come from because there was a feeling within Stratasys that they don't have enough end-use part capable machinery um, in their product offering. So, yeah, and and the two of them in their conference call were very much at pains to express how much this was a complementary merger and it was not about product overlap. Um, and I think, you know, in large part that's true. Uh, there's, there is some product overlap with the Envision Tech um, owned by Desktop Metal and also the Origin owned by um, Stratasys. Uh, both companies are pretty heavily invested in dental and providing machines to the dental market. You know, I, I think that, I, I mean, I kind of look at that and think that's actually a great um, consolidation to happen. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Danny? You hit on the one that jumped out at me when I saw the presentation. They sort of tried to couch Origin in their DLP platform as industrial. And then they had sort of more dental when it was aligned on the desktop side with the little check boxes that they had. But you will go on the Origin website and it's dental all over it. So I think there's a little bit of posturing on both sides of how these synergies work. But the reality is there's there's overlap. And I characterize it this way. I mean, sometimes acquisitions, when they're super synergistic, everyone likes to say one plus one equals three. You know, if they're sort of neutral, it's one plus one equals two. And I think in this case, it's probably going to be about one plus one equals 1.9. You're going to have some of these consolidation things that you're going to have to work through. And and that's okay, by the way, because I think they're going to get some cost savings and distribution. I still think this is going to be, you know, it, it will be the biggest 3D printing company with the broadest offering. All the things that they say in the presentation sort of aren't wrong, but there's going to be some pain points. They're going, the integration of this is going to need to be done at a very refined level to get to the cost savings. Um, desktop metal still on their product portfolio has to get their gross margins up. They, they predict, you know, future margins at 45% gross margins. And 3D systems is largely there, but desktop metal is not. So where are those cuts going to come from? How are they going to integrate these? And I think you're just going to see some things drop off. That's why I say to get to the the gross margins, to make the cuts, to do the real integration, some things will fall by the wayside. It doesn't mean it's a bad deal. Um, I know there are people out there that are saying, oh my gosh, uh, you know, this is going to be a hard road. I think it will be a hard integration play, but it is a great deal, I think, for desktop metal. I think Stratasys, if given more time, you know, this, this, you know, wasn't the only way they could have played this had it not been for nano dimension. So timing probably wasn't perfect for them. I think they were doing some really good things without it. So I, I can hear a lot of the dissenting views from the Stratasys side of the world and people that come out of that ecosystem worried about their shareholders getting diluted on this type of transaction. Mm-hmm. And there are some fair points in that, right? I, I think, but at the same time, they've they've been forced into this to some extent so 
Yeah. And I think too, you know, there's been some commentary around, um, you know, uh, Desktop Metal bought X1 for about 600 million, right? And that became a, a really big part of their product suite. Uh, and then this deal is... Um, Valued about that. <laughs> exactly. Right? I mean, it is what it is, right? <laughs> I, I think if you want to put... Um, you, you can characterize this a couple different ways, right? I, I, you know, putting a, the, the brighter positive light on it, it does make for the biggest, probably best distributed, you know, 3D printing company around. I think if I... If you somebody asked me if I had a perfect uh, solution here... I'd love to see desktop metal make it as a standalone company. I think the industry needs more players. I think they, you know, that that would actually benefit. I know some people disagree um, on, on that one, but for all the small companies uh, that are sitting up, coming up with the next emerging technologies, having more acquisition or buyers that are, you know, strategic buyers in the industry would be great. Um, unfortunately, again, I'll, I'll make that comment again. I don't think the SPAC companies are largely going to make it right now, given their burn rates. And that's not a positive thing for this industry. It doesn't mean those technologies underlying it weren't good, but I think everybody got out of their skis and, you know, the timing in the economy, a few other things kind of hit all at the wrong time, but capital equipment sales are down. But I think, you know, it is what it's going to be. I think from a, a standpoint, it is, you're right, X1. This is the value of the X1 sort of deal that uh, Desktop Metal did, which makes you question, okay, what happened to everything else? It, it, I, I put that aside because 2023 is very different than 2021. Yeah. And we just have to all recognize that's where we are today. But yes. Yeah. Desktop would be <laughs> buying a- X1 for a different price if they were buying them today. <laughs> Very much so, but I think, you know, it's, it is a data point which causes pause and everyone goes, oh my gosh, right? Where was the value? How do you allocate that value? I think it's, um, it's probably not healthy right now to go dig through all of those and uh, get focused on sort of, you know, what, what can be done here. You know, one thing uh, I've been thinking on has been, uh, you know, Rick, as you said, was one of the first, you know, Desktop Metal was one of the first companies to do us back. It was the first 3D printing company to do us back anyway. And it really set a trend. Um, and say what you want about Rick. He he has set some trends in the 3D printing industry. And I just wonder, you know, is it, I mean, by force of necessity, you know, a lot of these SPAC companies are going to have to really seriously consider their options. But I, I do wonder if a lot of the the board tables of these you know, relatively recently spacked companies, 3D printing companies are looking at what's happening here with Stratasys and Desktop Metal and saying, hey, you know, that well, I think it's going to be more of a central point of conversation. It, well, look, I, Rick is the trendsetter. I, and, yep. and whether you, whether people want to like that or not like that, I, I'll leave that for them to decide. I can say, you know, Rick was the first to spac. He came out with a fairly aggressive roll-up strategy relative to the peers. He, he had a very well-architected approach and he had gone out and weighed the options and knew the options better than anybody else that I could see in the market when he did it. Whereas I felt like some of the other SPAC companies were either uh, too inward focused or maybe didn't understand what the long-term game is going to be. Although, yeah, here's where we end up. He probably ends up better off. Desktop Metal will end up, if this deal goes through a Stratasys and he's on the chairman of the board for Stratasys, <laughs> it is, it's a win. Like I, 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 it's I a total it win. To it, it is. <laughs> And, and and I don't think that's going to be the case for everybody else that follows behind. So True. he was the first back. He's the first one that probably gets out of it and becomes part of, you know, Stratasys, if that's the case. Good for Rick, right? I think from that standpoint, I think everybody else, 
all the other boards are going to be put on notice. You, just because you spac at some point, you're going to have to operate at a profit. You're going to have to get your margins up. If you don't, you will be a takeover target. And that's the best case is your takeover target because the alternative is really worse. And uh, we've already seen that with fast radius, right? And mm. so, you know, you can say that uh, it's coming for everybody else and everybody's been put on notice. It's sort of like when Elon Musk bought Twitter and laid off a tremendous amount of the staff, it put top cover for everybody else in Silicon Valley to say it's time to do headcount reduction. Yeah. And, and this is what I think, you know, is setting the tone here. So this is a very, very, I think, influential deal for how everybody should be thinking about their companies, where we're going to go. And I think, you know, it's just, it's a sign of what 2023 and into 2024 is going to look like. And I think there's going to be some headwinds for a few more of the, the, the companies that are not controlling their destiny, don't have the right margins and don't have the cash runway. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, speaking of which, um, speaking of this is working out really well for Rick, Desktop Metal actually filed an 8K. And I think this is something that a lot of us missed completely. Um, So it was an 8K relating to exec severance packages um, and a change of control plan. And what this means or what this looks like, um, and we have actually talked about this previously with Mark Forged, our other favorite talking point. Uh, It means that the execs, if they are either dismissed um, out of hand or if they resign, quote unquote, with good reason, um, their severance package is no longer the standard nine months at base salary. Um, It is 12 months at base salary plus projected uh, target bonus targets and including all of their allowances and entitlements. Um, So that was actually filed uh, just a couple of days after Rapid, Danny. Um, which really should have been a notice to everyone, hey, Desktop Metal is preparing for a takeover. There's certainly telltale signs um, for things like that. I think it's uh, in hindsight, it's certainly that becomes a, a very poignant point. So there are, there are points in time where there might be other triggers or things that might uh, trigger those uh, as well. But um, if they're going to transition management teams and they do things along those lines from time to time, Oh, uh, yeah, I know, but come on, this is this is otherwise known as the golden parachute. Right? It is, it, it is and, a golden parachute. And, and what sure. it does, yeah, and, I, and you know, I have I have been asked the question, well, why would the board approve such a thing? Well, there's pretty good reasons why. Um, if they're suddenly look at, looking at, you know, merging um, or being acquired, then uh, having the executive team stay on for that process, which is a tough process, um, there's going to be, you know, a whole period of, having to do the the weeds of the deal, getting due diligence done, bringing shareholders over the line, having your execs quit in the middle of that is never a good look. So it gives them some incentive to stay on through through to the end of the deal. Well, yeah. let, let, let's just say, I mean, I, I think, you know, the one thing I do probably have to, to throw out as a consideration for everybody is no deal's done until sort of the shareholders vote and the shareholders vote. We have a little ways to go here, given some of the dynamics that are playing out. The Stratus shareholders certainly have a lot to weigh in here. And um, and given that the nano dimensions, you know, kind of tender offer is sitting out there for people who don't like the desktop metal, that certainly plays this other direction. So this is going to be a fair amount to play out in the next coming weeks. And uh, nothing's done until it's over. And I just, you know, from a standpoint of the, there's a risk profile that I think everybody has to understand. Desktop metal is the one that has the most to not win by a deal not not going through here. So 
Um, you know, I think as we said, I think this is a good deal for desktop metal. So I hope it does work for them. But if for some reason they hit some bumpy roads at Stratasys and shareholders have sort of dissenting views or things change, this is going to create for an interesting next few months. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Stratasys really was really the only super actually profitable 3D printing company um, out there in the market. And now what they're doing is uh, they're merging with a essentially not profitable company. And so, as you say, I think the risk is really for the, the Stratasys shareholders rather than the desktop metal shareholders. But I, I want you to think about this too. There, there's a ripple effect for everybody else in this industry. And that's where Stratasys is not going to be a buyer of a bunch of the small companies for the next year or so while they work through these integrations. Mm, so they're, they're sort of coming off the table, right? Desktop metal, clearly it can't be an acquirer anymore. So Mark Forge is not in a good position right now to go do acquisitions. So as you look at sort of the companies that are the emerging next level, um, right? There's there's only so many strategic buyers right now in the additive space. So hunker down because sort of you just lost you know two strategic buyers in the market with this. Um, we all knew oh, desktop was out, but does that mean that life doesn't look so good for the M and A people in the world, Danny? Um, it means that the beach option of sitting there um, while I just uh, <laughs> early retirement. <laughs> No early retirement. Now, I, I just I think it's it's one of those things where uh, when you look at a lot of companies and the funding rounds that are coming, and you look at where the exits are going to be. I think it's it's important. It's you know I I feel like I've been privileged to have a lot of really great conversations, and this has got a lot of great people in this industry doing amazing things. But I think they just need to be cognizant of sort of the downstream implications of this. And this is why, if I had a perfect world, I'd love to see all these uh, SPAC companies doing well, making money, getting their margins back up to the point where you have lots of exit opportunities, lots of ways for innovation to find exits here, because this is sort of what the game's about as, uh, you know, all the smaller companies are raising capital, doing really good things too, pushing the envelope of what's possible. Just going back to, you know, this catching us by surprise or not, um, some facts that I think uh, get lost in in all of this excitement are actually that Stratasys was an early investor in desktop metal um, and that very on Stratasys had, had a, a distribution agreement with desktop metal. And also Scott Crump, uh, the founder of Stratasys, was a non-voting member of the board of desktop metal for a period of time as well in the early days. Um, so there's a couple of data points. I mean, part of me is also like, hey, you could take any three, you know, any any two big 3D printing companies, and you can probably find plenty of business overlap because it's such a small a small world. Um, but but I think there has, you know, I th- this is real evidence of the fact that there is an existing relationship there, and there is a knowledge of each other's company that is deeper than surface level. Yeah. And like Stratasys, is, that's one thing I can say that's good about Stratasys is that they they have been investing into other companies, into the ecosystem to build, build them up, evolve as one, structured polymers was one, right? There's there's quite a few that they, they've gotten in. So desktop metal is not alone in this one, but they've certainly gone for a ride here for sure. And let's see where it goes. I would say that um, this, this story is uh, on the early beginning phases. I think we've We've got a lot to cover in the next uh, episode or two because this is sort of like the nano dimension one. It's, it's unfortunately it's the gift that keeps on giving for uh, podcasts. 
<laughs> exactly for the content makers out there in the world you know a uh, great year to start a printing money podcast that's for sure um hopefully not too many more of these emergency podcasts to have to do um hey danny just some final thoughts from you um maybe as to you know uh, where where you think this is going to go and i mean we've gotten to quarter 4 for this to be to to close and as you've mentioned already anything could happen um, your thoughts at the moment on it being successful and it actually closing? That's boy, that's sort of a loaded question. I mean, <laughs> you hate yeah. to you, you hate to see the level of effort and what's gone on to this date to get to this point to have it sort of fall apart. But uh, you know, I think there's a there's a lot for the Stratus shareholders to consider here, and that's why you know no deal is done until they're done. For, for the desktop metal team, I, I hope it does get done on, on their behalf because I think it's sort of the best outcome that they can get. Would you be better as a Stratus shareholder taking the $18 a share? Because, I mean, you know that Nano Dimension is not going to stop. They have been absolutely relentless. So that is an option on the table. Um, but anyway, not one for you or me to consider. Um Perhaps because I don't think either of us are Stratus shareholders. <laughs> so. uh, they, they've got a lot to decide on their on their behalf for sure. So yeah, yeah. I I mean I got to say personally I don't like seeing a company like Stratus squeezed in this way. Um, it's not it's not particularly nice to see. They are a totally solid company. Um, and like I said, actually the one really profitable company out there in the in the marketplace. Um, but you know I I, I also think Rick Fulop. Bloody hats off to you. Congratulations. Uh, incredible, incredible effort. Trendsetter yet again. Um, I, I kind of like to see the idea. I, I like the idea of this deal going through. But anyway, thank you very much, Danny, for uh, joining me in this emergency broadcast. Um, I know that, you know, both of us have lives outside of this craziness. So um, thanks so much for your commentary and uh, looking forward to maybe getting back to a regular episode <laughs> frequency cadence. Um, in future. Thanks. This has been Printing Money Emergency Broadcast. You've been listening to Printing Money, the insider's perspective on finance and investment in the 3D printing industry. For more information about what you just listened to or for past episodes, visit www.3dprint.com.